morning, everyone. Hello, hello, and welcome to our conference speaker panel. I am so excited. This is literally one of my favorite parts of conference. Every single time we have it, these conversations I think are super cool. Just the things that come up and, and hearing everyone's perspective from my own personal experience. I really love listening to the speaker's responses and what comes forward during this kind of conversation. So how this is gonna work is I'm gonna introduce everyone and then I'm gonna kick us off with a couple of questions and each speaker is gonna take turns giving their experience, feedback, whatever comes through around that question. For those of you here live in the audience, if you have a question you wanna ask, then drop it in the chat and feel free to be a part of the conversation in the chat box. We would love to know what comes up for you and your experience. This is gonna be a 50 minute session. So we're gonna wrap up at 10 after the hour or at whatever hour that you are at in the world. And here we go. So to give some quick introductions, one reason I always love conference as well is all the speakers are like my friends. I feel like I'm just like getting my friends together and like we're gonna hang out and talk about business. So let me introduce everyone. I'm just gonna go in order that you're appearing on my screen. Jacqueline Holmes, first of all, is you came into my life like eight months ago and you were recommended to me by a friend for your magical bookkeeping CFO, witch queen energy <laughs> that you bring. And I have loved working with you. You keep me sane and grounded and organized and all the things. So I'm so glad that you got to come to the conference to share all of that. All right. So Jacqueline Holmes is here. Waylon Lewis is here of Elephant Journal, who is a dear friend, someone I've known for maybe six years now, five years, five years, something like that. So you are a founder, a creator, you're a an activist, someone who is very just like in community. I see you just biking around in Boulder all the time. You're someone who I deeply respect your stance in life, how you show up for yourself, for others, for the environment, for your business. So I'm so happy you're here, part of this conversation and part of the conference. And then Mandolin Badger, who is one of my best friends in the whole world, honestly. <laughs> A dearly beloved sister, an incredible entrepreneur who has run retreats globally for many years. And also, I'm sure it'll come up during this conversation, someone who has had some pretty extensive life experiences over the last couple of years that have given you a different perspective on entrepreneurship. And I'm so excited for you to be here because you bring to the table a depth that most people won't experience in their life based on your own personal experiences over the last couple of years. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and, and then we have Jasmine Hayden, who is a soul sister slash a client who, you know, I've told you this many times, I so deeply respect your work and how you show up for yourself, how you show up for others, your, your perspectives, your voice your your heart that you bring to everything so thank you for being here alec was here he might be back i'm not sure so if alec pops back in alec is also a very close friend a incredible entrepreneur who works with different streams of income he was a speaker on the first day we'll see if he appears back he is frolicking around europe right now so he might be in and out. I'm not really sure. We'll see about his Wi-Fi. And that's what we got. So <clears throat> I'm going to get us started. I would love to know, these questions are very open-ended, so just bring to it what you will. So it is 2023. We just went through, we had the pandemic years. We've had, um, you know, big expansions in online business, you know, moving into different things happening globally and the economy and all this kind of stuff. I would love to know, we're halfway through 2023. 
what are some of the biggest lessons that you've been learning this year and applying to your business that are coming from either your own life experience or collective life experiences? What, what are just some of the, the lessons that you're learning? That's what I would love to know. So I'm going to mute myself. Whoever feels inspired to go, you can unmute yourself and, and go. I'll rip the bandaid off and go first. <laughs> so what I'm noticing like within myself and my clients is, um, you know, a lot of us might've built a business off of kind of like a compromising energy or still under an old paradigm of doing business. And those ways are becoming so obsolete. It won't work anymore. It just doesn't work. We are being almost like forced into the new path and the new paradigm and just a new way of doing business and just surrendering to that and following that path even more than we probably already will. It's almost like things are just being like cycled out, cycled out. And we're, we're coming into more alignment with really what we're, what our soul is here to do. So that's my biggest lesson has just been following that and not resisting it anymore and not applying it to these rules that we've been conditioned to for how to do business. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Yeah. What do you, I mean, I'm really interested in that, but confused because I feel like in a lot of ways, the power of Amazon and globalization and, you know, the new paradigm is uh, inequality exacerbated. So I assume you're not surrendering to that and you're referring to something else. Yeah. I mean, all of us coming together as entrepreneurs, it's like this level of communication has also facilitated like us all being able to, you know, bring wealth, bring more abundance into our lives. So while that timeline is playing out, it's like, I view that as like, that's actually, that system is actually decreasing in power. It's like burning itself out quicker now than it used to be. It's no longer building. It's like the peak has been reached and it's like declining. At least that's how I see it. So. I appreciate the optimism. I like (laughs) it. I'll say something. I, uh, I think like the biggest lesson in business for me right now is that business is the least important it's ever been in my life because I, you know, I went through a medical like situation that I'm still recovering from and it has allowed me to put in focus like what matters, what doesn't matter, you know, because when you have only so much energy for your day, you need to budget in a different way. And, you know, there's so many things that come before work that I feel like previously, I would really try to keep a strong wellness schedule for myself, like mental health, you know, physical health, emotional health, like keeping that for myself. But my biggest lesson has been that like you can't escape escape the uh, society you grew up in, which is like a capitalist go 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 profit first society. So there's so much unlearning when it comes to like creating a business that puts your well being and the well being of others and the planet first. And even just and I found myself all right, got the planet, got others. And then like not, and and I'm teaching people to give it to themselves, but still it's like hard to create that structure when you're not, when you haven't seen it. And so like restructuring my business this way is, is kind of like the big, the big takeaway and, and that you can do it because even if you have to like, if you don't make enough money, you know, this may be an unpopular opinion, but there are you know, shitty, but there are systems in place that can like help you with your basic needs while you're building something that's actually sustainable. And so, yeah, it's kind of like you can take that fear away of where the rock bottom is if you find it and be like, okay, I'm here. Now, how do I build it in a way that works for me? I really appreciate that response. Uh, It brings me into... One of the deepest lessons I feel like I've learned this year was having a clear 
sense and realization of how deeply embedded capitalism is in my body, uh, which really there's this period where I was questioning everything about my business and having the desire to be, uh, to be serving myself in a way that I could feel healthy and well while stretching myself. And there's all these language that are used in the industry around, you know, stretching and edges and capacity. And, you know, they're, they're, they're buzzy words now. And I think that with the way that we operate ourselves within that system, for me, one of the lessons is like, okay, I can't quite escape it. <laughs> I kept thinking that I could somehow escape capitalism <laughs> by, by doing enough inner work to dismantle it within myself. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, how can I be in relation to it and have the most peace with myself and run it as ethically as I can, um, knowing that the system itself is something I have issue with. I'm not, I'm not okay with it. <laughs> and so it's, it's a hard inner conflict. I think that, uh, this year, like I've had a lot of release of the, that tension in my body around it because the lesson has been like, okay, uh, we are all embodying it to whatever extent it can't completely be eradicated from our bodies while the system exists. It's not until we actually shift into a new paradigm of existence as a collective, which I feel like we are on the verge of in our lifetime. Um, and so it's that realism with it while also having as much integrity as possible and just continuing to have that, that reevaluation and that checking in and seeing how I'm participating within it. I'll go. I feel like my biggest lesson, I feel like I'm in the middle of my biggest lesson. I like don't quite know yet. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I've once again found myself in like a void space in my business and just being like, hmm, what's coming next? I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. What do I want? What is my past? All of those things. And yeah, I don't, I don't have the answers yet, but I feel one of the things I've been reflecting on lately that I've talked about during this conference is that I am really thankful for the inner work I've done, not just in like what I'm going through in my business, but what I'm going through in my life, like experiencing like some really traumatic things recently and like the repercussions of all of that. And I'm really happy for the level of inner stability that I've cultivated and I'm excited to see how this ripples into my business moving forward I think it's an opportunity for me to really listen and deepen my intentions and care in my business I feel myself I feel a lot of what I thought I wanted releasing and things that felt important or things that felt like, like I've always, not always, but I've along my, my path in my business, I've tried to not be so externally focused on like results and things like that to like give me some certain hit of ego boost or whatever. And I feel more of that releasing just by being honestly really freaking humbled by life right now. <laughs> it's not like me coming in being like, I'm gonna like be humble and like release my need for all of these results. It's like life is like, bitch, let go. And I'm like, okay. So my yeah, my lesson definitely still feels like it's in process. And right now the lesson is just to like be with the lesson and let it let it do its thing and Maybe I'll have more answers in a couple months. We'll see. Okay, give space. Um, yeah, I think a little bit similar to Mandolin or Melissa, uh, you know, last year was a bit like the book of Job or something. Not that I'm a big Bible reader, but it was just like one punch in different parts of my body, like all year, like punch in the face, punch in the heart, punch in the gut, you know, and so obviously the benefit of that is it's incredibly humbling and grounding 
um, in the, you know, grounding in the way that like a cigarette butt is ground out beneath a boot. But, um, you know, what was so humbling about it is I grew up in this Buddhist tradition and I've been incredibly grateful for it. It's been a huge part of my life and applying the tools of Dharma, Maitri, being kind to oneself, but also honest with oneself and um, that leading to kindness and care for others and our planet and animals. Um, none of that really worked. You know, it just worked. You know, I didn't fully listen, I feel like, to Buddhism or the teachings of care. Um, you think you can, you know, slather mindfulness or meditation or whatever over your grief um, and get out of it. But that's not actually how it works. It, it deepens your presence with it. And you realize you're not separate from it. You know, language is a little tricky here. You are it. And um, and at the end of all of it, you know, I got a puppy. Um, ayahuasca ceremony kind of trips me into that. And, um, you know, th there was some sense of just um, that grief, you know, of growing up, that grief is part of life and loss is part of life, you know. And I'd been... Um, somewhat sheltered from that in a sense, you know, I don't really have a family. So I started off without a lot of relations um, where I could lose them as I grew up. So I hadn't lost anyone dear to me and I did lose a lot. So anyway, I think I grew up and it was humbling. And um, while I welcome, you know, I really appreciated Jasmine, Madeline, Jacqueline, everyone talking about business and how we're sort of changing our approach to it. Um, I feel like not old, but like I've been through decades and decades of people giving annoying speeches at conferences about how business can be, you know, used to benefit our planet. And meanwhile, like we mowed down 30,000, something like 30,000 acres last month, is it in the Amazon, um, for beef production. Um, and when you Google Amazon, you get amazon.com, not the Amazon rainforest. I think that sort of says it all. And I think, you know, a lot of people want to be rich to like bury their insecurity around money in gold. But, you know, as Jacqueline, everyone referred to, like, we need to change that relationship. And I honestly don't see it happening. I just to like being present with the grief. Um, you know, I've been through at least three decades of being in the sort of mindful business world and people talking about the paradigm shifting and things are far worse. And this morning, you know, we stopped composting in all of Colorado um, because people didn't sort compost from plastic. And this morning I saw a constant stream, as I do almost every morning, of SUVs pull up, idle, a car like an SUV spews like 60 cigarettes a minute. Imagine 60 people smoking right in front of you. Um, while they get plastic to go cups. So it's a habit they do every day. So how can we actually have a paradigm shift where we love our mother earth and we love one another? Um, I don't know, you know? So I, I genuinely want to be cheered up and inspired, but I also genuinely want to look at the problem and not bullshit around it and look at how, kind of like Jasmine said, like if we can't get rid of it, how can we transmute it? Like in Buddhism, we don't try to get rid of ego. We try to make it our friend. Like I have this mask on the wall, some Mahakala. So Mahakalas are actually neuroses and they're transformed through meditation and practice into protectors of wisdom. They're not real, by the way. They're not de deified. They're not uh, gods. Um, but there is the principle of, you know, you work with your clinging or your insecurity or your grief or whatever emotion or, or trauma or habitual pattern neuroses that you have and you transmute it into something you learn from it kind of like what mandolin you were talking about so i'll be quiet but i have a question for waylon hi uh when you're feeling all that stuff like those thoughts about all the very real things that our world is a dumpster fire like that part of reality is there you know and like so when you feel yourself kind of spiraling in that like and you're talking about being with it and transmuting it like what are some of the things that you do to like 
to transmute that. Yeah, so in Buddhism, there's a Tonglen meditation practice, which is sending and taking, is the translation, Tonglen, sending, taking. So you send out generosity and love and kindness and compassion and gentleness, and you take in the grief and the pain and the anger and all that. This is directly opposite to any new agey meditation. It's literally, because what does ego want to do? Ego wants to push away bad, push away the homeless, push away the, you know, poverty, push away anything that's, you know, scary, push away the elderly. We put the elderly in houses and hospitals, you know, push away everything um, that is uncertain and, and cling to whatever you want. You know, you have your gated community, you have your nice Lexus or whatever. And you like try to get all your ducks in the row while all the time knowing everything will fall apart in some level because life changes. So it's, I think the spiraling comes from not actually being honest with yourself and breathing into that pain, which you've obviously had some practice doing, you know, um, and that's, what's so scary. And it, you know, but Tonglen gives you courage. And what happens is you, you don't hold on to the hard stuff. You just work at reversing the flow of ego. And then you don't spiral out is the idea. It's a practice. So it's not like I'm a master of it. All of us practice it. And um, what it leads to is compassion and compassion leads to joy, as we know. And the opposite of compassion is putting walls up. And that may make us think we feel safe, but limits our experience of life, love, joy. So I can send you that link to Tonglen, but if you know Pema Chudrin, the Buddhist teacher, um, she teaches about it a lot. She has a whole book about it. So I just encourage people to read Pema. She's lovely. I mean, it kind of goes into my next question. I wanted to ask what, yeah, with all of this that we just talked about, why? <laughs> What's your why? What keeps you going? What's What's your intention? What's just why? <laughs> That's the question. Why? Yeah, I can start again. Um, so I love that question. Because <laughs> for me, getting into, I feel like diving headfirst into the financial systems that exist. And I love that Jasmine has brought this up too. Recognizing that we can never really, or at least for right now, being separate from the system, essentially it just, it isn't benefiting us, right? We try to extrapolate ourselves from it and exist outside of it. But ultimately my why is what I call transferring the wealth to ourselves. We're putting the wealth in the hands of people that are going to do well with it. And my mission has always just been more abundance for more people. And we get to transform the system from within. And I think sometimes when we try to resist that or we resist the systems too much because they don't have we don't have that coherence with them. We feel that discoherence and then we want to reject something rather than how can I actually utilize this, benefit myself, benefit others from that. So obviously that's a very nuanced conversation, but that's always been what I've seen is shifting the power dynamics we are we're already seeing that on like a global scale as well the global power dynamics are shifting um the united states the de-dollarization that's happening right now um the shift in the political powers and you know what's happening in the micro is happening in the macro what we're what we get to experience on a smaller scale shifts our external reality so yeah, it's like viewing the abundance beyond just the current currency that we're using, beyond what we consider money, U.S. dollars, which are really Federal Reserve notes. They're not U.S. dollars. Um, looking at it, knowing we don't, we have an inner discoherence with it, knowing that there's this inner discord. It's not, it's it's like um, an, a foreign object on our system. It's like feeling completely foreign to us because spiritually we're not resonating with it. And then still being like, yeah, actually we get to, we get to bring this in. We get to utilize this system and shift the wealth to ourselves. I'll share my way. So I would say that 
I feel like it, it changes over time as I'm sure you all feel too. You experience things and things shift and, but I feel like I've had enough experience at this point to be recognizing more and more that nothing that I achieve externally, like will give me any sort of if I'm just doing it for the thing, it doesn't actually increase my happiness, joy, fulfillment, connection. If I'm just doing it for the result. And after like my business has reached all these like milestones that I thought were impossible and seeing that that actually didn't do anything for, I mean, it's nuanced here, right? It's when I think about it in terms of like the interconnectedness of reaching those milestones financially or number of people or whatever it is, how it hopefully in some way impacted people in a positive way, then that feels good and fulfilling, but it really comes down to like my intention. And so my why especially right now as I'm going through this process is how can I develop more care, more love and let that be running the show and letting business be a pathway for that practice and trying and failing often and having to like reorient myself and and um like we've been talking about like transmute my wounds and pain and all these things into hopefully something that can be of service but yeah letting it be a pathway to my own personal growth my development of um some sort of genuine like care and connection with the world and hopefully being able to you know like I just always come back to like if I can just impact one person then that's enough and yeah letting it be more of a path than and letting that reveal itself like what comes from that versus some sort of yeah result to happen I got mine. I kind of just, I like, I don't know is actually my answer. I don't because a lot of the things that I, you, you know, I could give all of the answers of why I started my business, why I started that work, all of that. And, but at the same time in the last few years, you know, a lot has shifted and, and I've learned more. And so I need to do better. And as I'm re, coming back into the world, I do know that, you know, after I had a traumatic brain injury in 2021, I've been labeled as uh, disabled. So I could potentially, you know, not work. But I, my why, I guess, is just that, like, I feel more alive when I'm creating. And when I'm like, when I feel like even if it's watering my plant that I'm operating within um, the system of life in some way. And I'm, I'm at least trying to be a little kinder, like be a little softer and make the really hard choices to again unlearn everything that we learned that's not serving us anymore. So like, that gets really fucking overwhelming and I kind of just am in an internal place right now and I just bring it back to like my why is that when someone else is in their lowest place in life like should I be here or not that some of the tools experiences or time that I've shared with them can give them like that little golden thread to like 
do their own work to like pull themselves back out of that place. And I also think that because when people are hurting, that's when we hurt the planet and each other and ourselves. Cause it's like, you're just in that animal survival mode of like short term benefit. And as we've seen, that doesn't work. So as we collectively get out of survival, I'm just gonna be candid if we can do that before like, I believe you know, the earth like re-regulates herself, hopefully, then like that would be great. And you know, if not, then I can create a nice life for myself while I'm here and you know, have given it my best shot. So that's what's up. <laughs> I love that you said the earth re-regulates herself. I love that. Uh, there's so much there's so much that came through for me in this because I was asking it as if it was like my the very first time I was asked and I was like what is it actually in this moment um and it became a bit emotional for me because I feel like a part of my own like dharma or karma or both is like putting way too much on my own shoulders and then doing the work to like take it off it's not all on me um and like a, a huge root of my why is in redistributing resources through my body, through my body of work, through my vessels to those who are the most vulnerable, those who need it most for people of color, for LGBTQ plus people, for those who just don't have the access to have the privilege to be with themselves in a, in a healthy, loving way um and in that it's so much connected to my own journey of of actualization like of of becoming more of who i can be to one remember the the ancient ways of connecting to body and to land and to humans and uh to hold that with a reverence that uh, is often just forgotten and not practiced in in our current time. Um, and so to also be a support and interconnected in the network of people who are doing that too. So people who are in the work of reconnecting people to themselves and to land and to spirit um and for me that that's a kind of wealth that's it's so beyond money but of course because of our system it involves money right now in in most of the world and so for me abundance is like being able to have that access of safety in the body to thrive and to to be as much of a of a living embodiment and representation of what's possible for uh, for people who look like me or for people who who don't look like me but aren't white bodied or aren't uh cis bodied you know to to have access to these these kinds of uh of ways of, of being and and breathing and living uh and so there's there's a hardness to that and I think another part of my why is to create more softness in all of it uh more gentleness more uh pleasure in the intensity of the overwhelm of our system at large. Uh, so we have, um, I think, we have a way, you know, as we say, like bringing ourselves home or we're all bringing each other home um, and to do it in a way that's changing what we thought we needed and what we thought we wanted in order to experience that. Um, and that's, I think, a huge part of, of changing also how we how we look at money and how we relate to money and then what we're choosing to value, which I think everyone is, is pointed out in their own ways. But like valuing the the truth of, of who we are beneath that outcome and the result and the like those measures of of external success. Uh, I think, um, yeah, we there was a lot there. Um that touches on sort of how I feel about our approach to business. Uh, the why for me is like really just urgent and kind of joyful and like, let's work as hard as we can 
in the smartest way possible while enjoying life uh, in a reasonable way. Um, you know, there is sacrifice involved, but like while trying to live life with some sense of people have said softness or gentleness or community or joy or, but, you know, if we have any kind of privilege to exert that, not sit on it. Um, and I think a lot of the damage to our planet actually doesn't come from, I feel like it's easy to blame capitalism around this like wildfires going on. Everyone's blaming media and blah, blah, blah. You're like, we, we blame everything except for ourselves. And there's some, you know, and I'm speaking as a white man here, but like there's, you know, capitalism is basically supply and demand. The, there's no real problem with that. It's like, I would like a banana. Okay, I'll sell you a banana. But the problem comes from, well, the people who, you know, are actually cultivating the bananas are spraying pesticides on the bananas and themselves and into the river. And literally bananas, organic bananas are like coated and covered in plastic, which is insane. So there's whole forests covered in plastic and poison. Same with flowers. Like you want to do a romantic gesture. Flowers are literally flown in planes after having been grown in poison. Like it, the poor flowers. Um, so the problem comes from our lack of ethics. And I think Jasmine referenced a lot of that in terms of like, if we can approach capitalism ethically, I think that changes the paradigm. Um, you know, like I always love being at like a craft fair. Like we have, you know, Melissa, you know, like um, uh, the new local or found collective, like they're largely women run, LGBTQ run, uh, sort of craft events and you go there and you're like, it's not perfect. There's plastic. There's this, there's that blah, blah, blah. But like largely you're supporting people's good work. And if you spend money, you're spending hopefully what you made ethically in an ethical way to support someone living an ethical life that involves many other people and benefits their children or families. And that feeling of like spending money that's, I think, to me, that's what abundance is or, or them earning money. Um, because there's actually no problem with money. I just think there's not a big problem with, I'm not going to stand up here and defend capitalism. I don't give a shit about capitalism, but there's no big problem with money or capitalism. The problem is us. Like, when are we actually going to grow up? And like, it's so popular to say, don't shame me. Don't blah, blah. It's like, you know, the only shameless person I know is Donald Trump. Like, let's not be like, like Donald Trump. Like, I don't want to sit in shame, but taking some personal responsibility for what I'm doing can be joyful and ethical and lovely. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the exploiting of our planet, which is obviously burning and breaking, is um, not done through need, but through kind of privilege and ignorance like these people pulling up in SUVs, getting plastic to-go cups every day of the year. You know, if it's a habit, they could like bring their own cup, even if they're going to idle their car for 15 minutes, bring your own cup, but they're not doing that. So is that because they're like desperate for, you know, they're in a bad situation? No, they're sitting on privilege and not giving a care. Um, so it doesn't make them bad people at all. Um, but there is some level of like, we do need to care. And I feel like I'm in kindergarten. You all need to care about each other. Um, but that is my why, is like trying to get people to care. Because I feel like when people do care, they like sort of become delighted. They become softer. They start caring about other people. And then you have community and everything's great. And that's where a lot of inequality and injustice can, can be healed or ease or re- like, uh, what do you call them? Those in your jungle gym, teeter-totter. Like you can teeter-totter capitalism over so it's actually a little more equitable. Um, and that urgency does make me feel depressed and, and lonely and frustrated often. But, you know, I think that's okay. I think a lot of people in the new agey world like are like, oh, I feel depressed and frustrated and whatever. Like I want to get away from that feeling. Like why do you want to get away from that feeling? That's actually caring. You want to go back to your like little cocoon of privilege? 
Does that feel better? I don't think it does. All right. We have space for one more question, probably. Would anyone, speakers or attendees, like to prompt a question? Yeah, an attendee question would be cool. I wish, I wish he was, yeah, for sure. I am totally down with Santa being real. For people listening, <laughs> Mandolin asked if wanted to ask Waylon if Santa was real. <laughs> I need someone to break it to my three-year-old niece, and I think you might be just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I feel like I'm the last. I feel like Santa, sh like the movie Elf, like I just think we should go through all of life feeling like Santa's real. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'd be the wrong person. I'd go. I'd go to the, your three-year-old niece and be like. Some people may tell you Santa isn't real, yeah, but they're confused. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Honestly, I'm trying to think of a question, but I, I just don't. I'm not drawing any that I feel like could. could I don't know. Not that I always say there's no such thing as stupid questions, and not that no question would contribute, but. Um, I don't know. I just got a lot from like just hearing the whys because I feel like I run into that all the time where, you know, it is really easy to get down that spiral of like, man, we are in a dumpster fire. Like there's a lot of things that like need to be fixed and or need to be healed and things like that. And it can get emotional and like I'm already getting emotional thinking about it. Like, ooh. and the deeper I dive into that work, the more I like, you know, the more I like care and the more this happens when i talk about it because it's like man I, I just like waylon was saying it's like i just want people to be kind to each other and so really it's like all i can do is thank you guys for being here like stepping into that and trying to share that work because that's the only way we're going to get the paradigm to shift is if we like are the shift if we are making that shift in our own lives and that's like i don't know like my biggest lesson I've learned in making the shift myself is I can't force anyone. We can't force anyone. And that's where you get the division is people forcing opinions on other people. Everyone loves to share their opinion. Everyone loves to share their, on the smallest things, right? And it's, it's okay. That's beautiful to share opinions. We, it's beautiful. But trying to like, that's where we have to find that beauty of leading. <laughs> And so I want to thank you guys for leading. And that's how you get someone someone to want to change and want to make that change for themselves. So I just like want to thank you guys before I continue to get emotional for doing each like, because all your talent, like everyone's talents, and that's what I'm trying to step into, speak to all the little things we need shifting. Like when it comes to inequality, when it comes to capitalism, when it comes to mother earth like all these things it's hard for one person to take all of that on as much as we care the deeper we get into this work and want to so like the relationship with healing money around capitalism the relationship with healing inequality and tapping into just the systemic racism and tapping into mental health and all these things just keep doing it <laughs> keep doing it guys and i'm trying to like that's why i'm here i'm like i'm trying to be by those leaders so I can really like empower myself to do it myself. So thank you. <laughs> well, if I can reply to that, if no one else is jumping in, I feel like that was super inspiring. You're already a leader. Your heart and care and emotion is the energy that's needed. Um, um, and I loved all, all of that. I feel like the question in there was sort of like, how do we do all of it? all at once when it's overwhelming and you can't do all of it. And I think you actually can, like in Buddhism, we say, you know, like a lot of people who are activists are like going out and doing amazing work, but like the kitchen sink is messy. So like from a Buddhist point of view, you don't not do the good in the world, but you also like really pay attention to simple things like Trunk Rinpoche, my parents, Buddhist teacher said, how you place, this is a bit of an old fashioned analogy now, but how you place a stamp on an envelope says everything about your quality of mind, your state of mind. So someone the other day on social media was ranting about how everyone who is like in meetings 
is like half on their phone or has their phone on their table. Like just paying attention to the little things, being fully present, you know, being nice to your dishes, you know, like give being nice to yourself. And then I think you do a little bit of everything. You can't do everything, but you know, you have your work, you have your family, whatever your big buckets are. But then through the day, you try to bring your, bring your to-go cup, try to not be a bigot, you know, like you can go through the day being mindful and caring and helping and you're not Superman or Wonder Woman or Black Panther. You're doing whatever you're doing and that's your own super path. I'll just chime in a bit uh, in the question that you pulled in from that uh, share around how how is it all everything all at once? I'd say my my take on that because I am someone who has struggled in the past and it still shows up with like so much overwhelm in the sense of like I don't have enough time <laughs> to create as much change uh, with these corrupt, toxic, harmful systems. Um, and how big my heart is and how much I want to give. I just don't have enough of me. Like that's the story that um, it shows up, but it was a lot louder before. And what I've learned, uh, this kind of goes back to one of the lessons and I'm still continuing to learn it and deepen in its teachings is like grace, so much grace so much grace for our full spectrum humanity and how much when we are tapped into our sensitivity, like when we are connected to how sensitive we actually are as human beings after we've, you know, maybe chosen out of me personally, I was numbing a lot when I was younger because I just felt too much and I just, I just needed to numb. Um, and so now that I feel so much almost all the time, I'm like, Okay, how can I really allow myself to sit in grace with all of what I am holding in any given moment as a leader and as a human being and as, you know, someone who cares? And so that's just one piece of, of medicine that I, I continue to receive more and more from of even when, you know, dumpster fire shit show xyz there's also you know there is so much magic there is so much beauty there is so much miracle happening in the world and so not having a hyper focus that's also someone who you know i identified as an activist and i was doing a lot more work in that realm before i, I shifted more into entrepreneurship is how can i allow both of those to coexist and have so much more grace for myself in my own journey and where I'm positioning myself within it all. I have one more too. One answer to that. <clears throat> I feel like everyone here is going to be like, no, but it's underperform. And it's because like, well, you guys are probably not going to because you're, you're on the like, take care of your nervous system thing, but how can you do everything? My nervous system is like, no way. I'm done. I'm shutting down. I'm paralyzed. Like, no. But I feel like what Waylon was saying was kind of like what I've learned this year. Of like all of the ways I make an impact doesn't have to be my work that I'm making money from. It can be the way I live my life. And the more I underperform the, to like leave a little space in my nervous system, then when blips come, you can handle it because you actually are like putting your well-being before the work that you're doing for others. So that would kind of be my like, you know, if it feels like too much, then just like cut off the fat and focus on you for a bit. And then you'll like start feeling the urge again because you naturally have it in you, you know? Yeah, I was, um, I was actually gonna go back to Honglin and then Waylon, you dropped that link. Like as I was thinking that, because yeah, I'll, I'll just share that with, I, I think that practice is so powerful and um, yeah, we'll link to it in all the places, but I know that like with what I have been going through, that practice has been my rock, like daily, just my rock. 
and um it's helped me to be able to like jasmine you're talking about this kind of like full spectrum of and that's what capacity is to me it's like being able to be with deep pain deep grief deep suffering our own experiences but then also like tonglen allows us to do opening up to to other people's suffering other people's pain the earth's pain the animal's pain being able to be with that and the more i do that the more like naturally joy and that miracle energy and love just like increases in my life and like it's there's like a weird paradox where like i let go i like soften around the results and the the needing the things but then like the things come you know <laughs> like like they just like show up like the support and like i've been in this period of deep uncertainty and deep like um you know down to like literally like because i experienced something traumatic that changed my life like literally down to like hmm i wonder where i'm going to live today like making decisions like day of around like my living situation and things like that and it just it just comes you know and i think it's i think it's truly because like um as we develop this ability to just open our hearts to life and so yeah as i'm i'll just say as i'm experiencing this thing it's that's why i'm excited to see where my business goes from this because i think it's um forcing me to to deepen my ability to like love myself and others and have compassion for myself and others. All right. Well, we will wrap it up there. I love these conversations. I feel like we could go on for like another hour. Thank you for for being here. Thank you for your presence. Okay, you all. Talk to you soon. Bye.